hello to all our mysterious foodies out there. Yes, hello all of you lovers of food, wine, and mysteries, and thanks for joining us at Game of Books blog. Oh, podcast! Podcast! <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, we might as well talk about it. We, we have both, you know. We do so, have both. <laughs> and for those of you who are new to us, I'm Christy, and I'm a mystery writer living in South Florida, and my partner in crime there is Kathy, um, who's also a writer, and she lives 2,000 miles away in South Dakota. True. We are far apart geographically, but we love to enjoy good wine and conversation together as often as we can. Yes, I concur with that. In fact, I'm thinking we need to do more than one one podcast, <laughs> not blog. We can just do one <laughs> blog, but we'll do more than one podcast so that we can just sit and talk all day and call it work. What do you think? I think that sounds great, but a little unrealistic. <laughs> all right. <I laughs> Maybe as so. unrealistic as some people's New Year's resolutions, which we can talk about in a minute. But first, let's have some wine. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, nobody would fall for that one. Anyway, so, um, yes, I think, I agree. Um, we should, we should start drinking this wine, so. Get to the good stuff. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, anyway, this week I choose, chose a Bordeaux. So, let's okay. have a sip, and then I'll tell everyone what we're drinking. Very nice. Mm, getting it all over my whole tongue. <laughs> Okay, I didn't do that. I'll, I'll just try again. Force me. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so um, so we knew this was going to happen sooner or later, but it turns out that Kathy and I could not find the same Bordeaux wine. That's correct. Um, yeah, so we're actually drinking two different wines, and I'll tell you a little bit about both. Um, but first, let me explain that I found three wines out of a huge selection of Bordeaux wines at this really awesome wine store we have down here called Total Wine. We have Total Wines up here, but not in not in my little town. But um, the, I guess the closest is, <laughs> when I say up here, I, I'm talking like literally, we I have one 200 miles away in Minneapolis where I used to live. <laughs> well, that is exactly what I was going to say because I researched it because I was like, what kind of wine <laughs> stores do they have up there so that I could kind of see? And I was like, I can't believe they don't have a Total Wine. And Minneapolis. <laughs> I know. So I figured hilarious. that was a little far to go for a bottle of wine. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> if we get, if we ever get organized and work, yeah. you know, a, a few weeks in advance, maybe I can jaunt up over there. I don't ever mind going back. <laughs> yeah, maybe when you're down here, we can do that. We can do an excursion to Total Wine and just pick out some wines for the next several months. I don't know, but we'll see. That's a great idea. Yeah, great idea. So anyway, um, I did choose a, a, of the Bordeaux that I had originally picked I picked the one that sounded the closest in description mm -hmm. to Kathy's and so because um, <laughs> she only had one Bordeaux and they believe me one. I checked I checked every store down here that I could think <laughs> of every one store none of them had that one bottle that you had so I wonder we why. just were out of luck yep that's our goal but yeah so my bottle is Chateau Bois Coudon and it's, uh, obviously, these are French wines because all Bordeaux wines come from the Bordeaux re region in France. And Kathy's is also a Bordeaux. Do you want to try to pronounce it? or No. <laughs> you, you're going to be the official French pronouncer on our podcast. <laughs> okay. It's a Chateau La Fleur Plaisance, which is mm. a very nice name. 
And I do that by heart because I was looking in every store (laughs) for it. Um, But your wine is described as rich and vibrant, offering aromas and flavors of dark fruit and hints of cherries. Hmm. It has excellent balance, silky tannins, showing hints of licorice in the finish. What do you think? Sound like yours? I I can really taste the dark fruits and probably even the cherry. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a very yeah. smooth wine. It's a very very drinkable wine. I'm sorry to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or happy to say. Yes, this is my description. So this is another way we can say the same thing. This easy drinking mm. <laughs> chateau bottled wine has cherry and currants current mm. notes in the bouquet and a soft elegant finish. Okay. So, and Bordeaux wines, like mine is 75% Merlot, Merlot, and the rest is Cabernet, Mm -hmm. Sauvignon, and yours is 80% Merlot and 20% Cabernet Sauvignon. So they're very similar. They come from a very similar area in Bordeaux. So that's another reason why I picked it. Mm -hmm. And their food pairings were similar. Yours pairs well with Camembert, Roquefort, Grilled lamb chops, beef, game, meat, hearty pasta, brie, or chocolate. And there's none of those I don't want to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to eat any of those. (laughs) And so, and mine just basically said, great with grilled loin lamb chops with herbs. But hey, so I did. I did get lamb chops for dinner. Did you? I'm going to make them. Yes. I love lamb chops. Wonderful. Oh, I, I never make them, so hardly ever. And I got my new George Foreman grill, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try them out. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so speaking yeah. of your grill, we're a week yeah. and a half into 2019. How are your goals or resolutions going? Well, I'm grilling more. Is that a resolution? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe it was. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> No, um, I, my, my big one that I talked about last week was organization, and mm-hmm. we're still getting started on that. Um, I don't think it's unattainable, but I really need to get serious to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not, it's not completely unrealistic to think I can do it. I mean, I feel like I know I can do it. It's not like I'm saying, okay, I'm going to exercise every day for 30 minutes every day for 365 days of the year. Because I know I could never. God forbid. I mean, I would like to. And actually, yes. I had a Facebook friend that did that last and, year. And she day. documented that? Oh, wow. That's he, It was a he. And, okay. um, you know, I, I don't, I, I haven't seen him or talked to him in probably 20 years. It was from college. But mm-hmm. he was very, he just every single day, yeah, he documented it. You know, he would like. He do something different every day too. He's very wow. active in like hiking and biking and things, you know. That's and great. he lives in Florida, so you can do things outside every day if you want yeah. to. Not so, know, something that we makes can a do. Difference. Yeah, it does make a difference. Uh, challenging to exercise, to getting fresh air sometimes out here is just a challenge. I mean, I really don't mind going out mm-hmm. when it's pretty cold out, but like today we have thirty mile an hour winds and it's it's pretty daunting. So. Florida does offer some benefits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And um, yeah. I also, you know, I just, I, I, other than that organization, I, I didn't really go too far because, you know, some of them are crazy. I, I guess I could say, I'm going to stop saying, um. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I could do that? That's unrealistic. I also. do. No, I I am not a fan of um, um What do you think? <laughs> yeah, tell me. I'm not a fan of unrealistic goals, but what I do think 
um, can offer change more easily is, you know, having a plan and a reason behind big goals. So I think small steps. Mm-hmm. So for your organization, just small steps. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's thank my you. thought. What about, um, but I mean, there are some unrealistic ones. Haven't you ever done that? Oh, in the past, yes. And I've been tempted this year many times. I have set, I've, I've been thinking, I'm not, I'm still in the process of kind of reviewing and considering. And I, I find myself tempted to set these just huge outrageous goals that are just going to disappoint me and make me feel frustrated with myself which is obviously the opposite of what we're going for so i'm trying to keep it in task i'll give you an example of one i wanted to set a reading goal this year i've never done this before i see people who set these goals share them share their reading list for the year and i really admire it i that's called a reading log and my kids yeah. did that in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> did they have to take AR tests? Yes. Yeah, I do. But, well, I, but if you do that goal, I'll give you some AR tests. <laughs> give me some AR points and wine, maybe? Will you pay me in wine? Yeah. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> well, I, and you know, I, I, this podcast actually is helping me um, keep up with more reading than I've done lately. Um, which is mm-hmm. great. I love that. It goes under the category of, you know, work. So we can, we can justify it. It does. But I've never kept track of it. So I can't even tell you at the end of the year, you know, someone had asked me, what was the best book you read last year? And I thought, oh, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting so many because I don't, I haven't been writing them down. Have you been, do you keep right. a list of what you read? No. And I can never remember what I read, I, you know, I yeah. mean. Me either. But so guess I, what? We're going to have yeah. record on podcast. We are going to have, have a good record. 52. <laughs> but I, um, so, so when I was tempted to set this big unrealistic goal, I had read um, a, an author we had discussed uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, the book that I had chosen was J.T. Ellison was the author. And she mm-hmm. sends out this great newsletter and, and she sent out her year review. And she had read 100 books last year and sent out the list. Wow. And I thought, Oh my. And so of course I was like, I, well, I know I'm going to read 52. We're going to do 52 podcasts. And so then I'm, so I and I like to read a double that. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, I'll just, yeah, double. And I thought, Oh, Kathy, just calm down. So what I've decided is <laughs> I decided to do the opposite of the big goal. And I've decided mm-hmm. to keep track of the books I'm reading. So I, you know me, I do like a little organization. So I created a spreadsheet. <laughs> anything that can you know keep me on track so I, I created a spreadsheet and i'm tracking what i'm reading oh well, you know what you need to um you need to do a, a template of that spreadsheet and we can put it okay. on our blog and okay anybody who wants to they can do their game of books challenge of keeping track of their books Christy, that is a great idea. I love that. I I love that. Okay, see, you're brilliant. So (laughs) I'm um, a rock star. So that that's so I will do that. I will do that. So I'm gonna put that on my blog for this Thursday. And then um I'm also going to try to make sure I read more of the books that are already in my library. I have a hefty to be read pile that -hmm. needs some attention. I I I I tend I like to buy books. I never regret buying books, but I have many more to read than I am able. So I'm going to try to go with my to-be-read pile that I already have, which I did for today. Oh, good. Very Just saying. Good. So uh, anyway, let's have some more wine. Okay. I'm and I want to wine. hear the mystery that goes with this lovely Bordeaux. These lovely Bordeaux. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let me get my head straight. I was thinking about my other resolutions I might have. I don't know. 
Oh, like wear I'd flip- love to hear. I want to wear flip-flops every day of the year. Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is awesome. I'm, I'm going to send you a photo I took of myself going out to get the mail in the snow in my flip-flops. <laughs> I actually had taken the picture like a moron. I looked so silly, and I thought, but I thought Christy will think this is funny. I never sent it to you. Oh, well, there you go. So See, me I was too. thinking of there. I was like, mm, might have to have like winter furry ones, and then I don't know. I, I think I might have to design some like tennis flip flops for when I play tennis. And it could be a little scary. I don't know. I don't think that's gonna work. That's an unrealistic. My husband one. likes to play. My husband likes to play golf barefoot. Oh, well, there you go. I'm not kidding. I'll get he some, wears his flip flops out to the some, course. Some golf flip flops. That's them what I'll do. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Okay, anyway, so really... on to my book. <laughs> on to the mystery. All right, so my book is called Bad Monkey by Carl Hyacin. Oh, yay. I was wondering what we were going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with That's the awesome. funny again, you know? Good. Yeah. Funny is good. I know, but he's wickedly funny. As his, um, you know, description says on his website or whatever on the, yeah, it says Carl Hyacin is back doing what he does best, spinning a wickedly funny, fiercely pointed tale in which the greedy, the corrupt, and the degraders of pristine land in Florida, and now the Bahamas too, can get their comeuppance in mordantly, ingenious, diabolically entertaining fashion. Now, I should have just re- rephrased that because that was so hard to say. <laughs> that was a lot. I know. I was thinking, hmm. But, um, but I yes. Am, I'm excited about this. Okay. Yes. Have you read Carl Hyacin's Bad Monkey? I have. I have read. I've only read one of his adult mysteries. But then I also had read. He has a middle grade series that I had read with my daughter. Yes, he he has he has both. He has a bunch of um, books in both, and I love them all. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, like you said, you know I haven't read them all because you know we can't get to everything it seems, and um, and I hadn't read this one when I was looking on the shelves of the bookstore, and so even though it came out in two thousand thirteen, I thought you know what I'm going to read this, and I just knew that it would have some good food stuff in it, you know. <laughs> awesome. So, so do you want me to tell you about the book or you want me to go right to the food stuff? Mm, I want the book and the background so we know where the food takes place. Uh, Okay. So, um, so this book, uh, you know, takes place like all his books in Florida. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Anyway, um, the main character is Andrew Yancey and, um, in the description, he's late of the Miami police, soon to be late of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. So it takes place in Key West, and he has a human arm in his freezer, (laughs) but there's a logical or Hyacinian explanation (laughs) for that. That's a great adjective. (laughs) Right. But not for how or why it parted from its owner. So Yancey thinks it's a boating, that the boating accident slash shark luncheon explanation is full of holes. And if he can prove the murder, he just might be able to get back on the force instead of being a health inspector, which is what his current job is, and it's also known as the Roach Patrol. <laughs> so that leads exactly into the food part of this book. Oh, that's a horrible trans- a tr- a transition. <laughs> okay. well, yeah, 
<laughs> like, I mean, okay, so anyway, I'm just going to jump right into the food because um, okay. there's really good food and there's not so good food in this book. And um, the main thing that you need to know in the beginning is that this Andrew Yancey, we'll just call him Yancey, um, he is losing weight because he started working at this health, health inspector and he sees all this gross stuff which according to Hyacinth in the beginning <laughs> is authentically rendered. So this is scaring me already, oh. right? <laughs> oh, I'm coming to visit soon. Don't I know. do this. <laughs> I know, I know. But look at, you know, all his books are a little bit like that and they still haven't, fa- yeah. that, you know, frightened any tourists away. So we'll, we'll be okay. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just like his character, I was thinking I might not be able to go to any restaurants because um, he would describe <laughs> in, in let me just read what it said on one of them where he gets offered a bribe at a fictional I'm hoping Key West restaurant <laughs> where he has found 17 serious health violations okay here are the description of what he's found or it says including mouse droppings rat droppings chicken droppings a tick nursery <laughs> Open vats of decomposing shrimp, lobsters dating back to the first Bush presidency, and <laughs> and on a tray of baked oysters, a soggy condom. Oh, Can you believe that? Oh my God, I was like going, uh, I'm not anywhere in the Keys again, you know, but then he goes on and he does, you know, say that there are some restaurants that are good and some that aren't. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, and, but he has like this vacuum type thing that he would, he just sucks up the roaches and all the droppings so that he can mm. count them to put in his report. So obviously he's not eating. I mean, like he eats a regular rest at a restaurant and he sees olives and he starts thinking, that one might be moving. But the perils of that job. I know. Oh, can my you goodness. imagine? I know. And, and no, what, I cannot. And what's really funny is the person who had the job before him had recently passed away from hepatitis A. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would eat in all these restaurants in, instead of for free instead of oh, uh, giving no. them bad inspections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my. I know. Okay. But anyway. Um, he did share some good meals and, um, oh, good. yeah. And so there was one at the beginning that sounded great and it led to this wine choice actually. Um, so he like boiled blue crabs that he had picked up earlier in the day. Now I'm not going to say that, you know, it was a little squeamish cause he did put the crabs in the same cooler with the frozen arm he was transporting, but <laughs> But he boiled them. So it's <laughs> but he boiled them, yes. And, he, yeah. and, um, and so he had that um, on hearts of palm with lemon pepper and Tabasco, which I don't know if mm. you've eaten hearts of palm, but I love it. In fact, I had some today I, in my salad. You know, I absolutely love hearts of palm, but this time of year especially. And honestly, most time of year we get them canned. I mean, oh, yeah. I get fresh hearts of palm. I don't, yeah. I don't even know if I can get them fresh. I mean, I'm, there probably is a way, but I think they're sort of protected. I don't know. I don't know how they grow from farms. I don't farms honestly and... have a clue what really it is, so I'd be curious. It's, it's really, update, it's, everybody. it's actually the, the very center of the, um, the, the sable palm. I'm looking at my editor because oh. all of a sudden I'm 
you know, drinking wine. It's so nice um, to have that. Yeah, that it's, I'm now. pretty sure it's, <laughs> it's our state tree and it's the very center, but it's, you know, oh. when, the, when it's young, the shoots and stuff. So they, they must actually grow them on farms because they're not chopping down all the trees and getting the little. Yeah, they're not home. harvesting them out of your state tree, I assume. No, and I don't think hmm. they should, but, um, but yeah, but they're, but you know, so if you ever get stuck in the Everglades, you know where to find it. And <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's delish and then um yes it is and so then his date which it, during the course of this book he has in the beginning he has a crazy woman that he's going out with who's also you know a fugitive and a married woman it's just very funny and complicated but she brings a bottle of bordeaux and, mm. um, and so, and I want to quote that cause I really, really love this description. It says the fine vintage was wasted on Yancey, but the gesture seemed rich with promise. Oh, nice. Doesn't that sound good though? That I mean, that's does a sound good very way nice. to describe, you know, yes. wine being there. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it too. Okay. I'm getting the nod. It is the sable palm. Okay. I haven't forgotten everything from my. Oh, uh, good. Okay. Outdoor education days. Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> and then he also had um, one other meal that I thought I'd mention was he had a, um, a dinner date with his new love interest for the most of the book. Um, she's slightly kinky, but she seems fairly normal. And... Uh, <laughs> But, but Those are your words. Are you? I know. Awesome. I mean, it's it, well. She's a you know. She, it, she's a um, a medical. She's a doctor, but she you know's the like the medical examiner that he oh. brings the arm to <laughs> so, in Miami. That, so, yeah, anyway. that would be the beginning to a great date. I have to say here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> the Bordeaux brought great promise. I'm gonna go. F- <laughs> this is the arm. Should, should I go fish it for some arms, no, Kathy? No, Maybe no, 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 no. But um, but because he's losing so much weight from his job, she says she's gonna make him black and grouper with mashed sweet potatoes and a grilled Caesar. Oh, you can make that. And that, that sounds, sounds awesome. Yummy, yeah. yeah that sounds great. She says he has to eat it all, but then she she did mention that she picks up a homemade carrot cake from Key Largo oh. on her way down. Yum. And he and he had to quiz her because he's like, I know the dirt on every kitchen. Oh, <laughs> this place. Yeah, where did you get that? <laughs> Before we enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful Yeah, meal. but anyway, so that's the book and that's the food and, you know, but the the book is just fun. I mean, Carl Heisen, you know, he, I mean, if you don't, if you haven't heard of him, I think you must be living under a rock or something. I don't know. Right. Because he's, he's well known for his comic humor and he's, he's from Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> you know, I am, um, I, I cannot recall when I first had learned about him, but I, I think he is, I mean, obviously when he puts a book out, it's, it's very anticipated and. Um, with good reason. Well, he still writes for the Miami mm-hmm. Herald. He's he started out as a reporter, and then he he did some some books with another reporter. They they did um, joint oh. books in the beginning. That's interesting. Let's see. I don't I don't know his name's here mm-hmm. somewhere, but um, but then he switched over. I think it was eighty five when his or eighty six when his first solo novel came out, and it debuted really great. Uh, tourist season mm. destination read see yeah. i mean 
Uh, all his books are set down here, so they are crazy. But again, you know, it's a good place to do a podcast. It so. is. You do have some colorful uh, citizens in Florida, I think. From <laughs> oh my god! Oh, and to get this, like last year, uh-huh. or, or, or yeah, I think it was last year. One of his novels was banned in Texas prisons. Why? Well, they banned nearly. Um, they banned like a, a ten thousand titles. Um, at, at that time. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, because they were saying, oh, well, you know, the prisoners that could be bad for him or whatever. But then uh. they, um, one of his, uh, he had several on the approved list, but one of his novels, Double Whammy, was outlawed. It's a thriller with dark humor. Double Whammy is about a private detective who investigates a suspected cheater in bass fishing tournaments. Oh, that <laughs> Inmates <I> are prohibited. <laughs> They're oh prohibited from reading it because uh, they the department said it contains information about manufacturing explosives. Oh, but his, his you know, because okay. they that's how they were catching the fish. Mm-hmm. But he said maybe the folks. Sorry, <laughs> I know, right? He said so maybe the folks in the Department of Corrections mailroom are devout bass fishermen, and they feel insulted by the satiric tone of the novel. <laughs> Mr. Hyacinth said in an email. In any case, I get enough letters from inmates to know they enjoy humorous books. And then he added, it's difficult to imagine how Double Whammy could spark an uprising. I confess to feeling flattered that I made the Texas list. (laughs) Well, what's funny is when you said that, I was picturing the employee at the Texas corrections uh, facility who had to read all the books and said, oh, no, no, not this one. (laughs) Like, is there somebody assigned to that? Because I bet their reading list would be very right. lengthy for the year. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Okay, so, and I've got my editor's putting something up. He says, William Montalbano is the other um, reporter that he put out, like, three or four novels with before he um, did these. And they were based on their their actual reporting Oh, stuff. interesting. I'll have to look at those, so too. Just want to mention him, because I don't know. We might mention him in the future if we find out he's written more mo- novels, too. We need to do our research, but thank you to our editor. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, editor. Yes, thank you, editor. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed that, and I definitely want to put that on my to-be-read pile. Anything from Carl Hyacinth is right. great. Yes. So okay, what do you think so of the wine? what did you do? Yeah. Oh, well, the wine's oh. good, but I need to hear your book. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. Um, so I did one from my to-be-read pile, something that was already in my library um, that I've been, I've picked up a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. um, the title is, it's a great title, it's called The Truth and Other Lies. And, oh, that is a good title. Yeah, the, tr- the Truth and Other Lies. And the author is Sasha Arango, and he is a German writer. Um, oh, he's, wow. Uh, apparently very very well known in germany for screenplays and for what screenplays oh screenplays for, for, oh wow yeah for movies and so and what um, was his name again sasha Sa- arango it's a r a n g o mhm sasha okay. arango yeah and he this is his first novel and only mm-hmm. yeah, i don't i i haven't seen anything that he's published since um mm-hmm. And this is actually the translation. So in Germany, The Truth and Their Lies, under the German name, came out in 2014. But this mm-hmm. is the um, international version, or, you know, in English. And it came out in 2015. Okay. And so sometime in 2015, I picked it up. And, um, <laughs> and I finally got back to it. And I, um, it's a very, very intriguing uh, novel. It is not humorous 
really. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. <laughs> it's really dark. It's really, really dark. So, oh, um, good yeah, contrast, it's very, then. it is, it's very dark. And I thought you might like it because it's about a writer. Oh yeah. So, we so our main, that. yeah, the main character is Henry Hayden mm -hmm. and he is this world-famous, best-selling novelist. He's got millions of copies sold around the world, kind of like Carl Hyacin in real life. <laughs> <laughs> He's won awards and, and honorary degrees. He's He has a very lucrative uh, uh, publishing um, situation. He drives a Maserati. You know, he wears custom-made expensive suits. He lives in this gorgeous coastal town, I'm guessing, is in Germany, but I'm not completely positive. Um, and he's a, he's a big hit with his female fans. They kind of come swooning to his little tiny coastal village. And, Interesting. and yes, Henry has had all the locals, including his fishmonger, you know, deny that he lives there and they all come anyway. And, um, mm -hmm. they're rather a large lot of fans, mm -hmm. but here's the deal. It's all a fraud. Henry does not write his books that has made him rich and famous. His wife oh. does, and she is a yeah. recluse and doesn't want to be known or seen outside of her house, oh, basically. No. So in addition to him taking advantage of her writing, of, of her uh, novels, um, happily, uh, he mm -hmm. also has been cheating on her for years. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Right, because he is an outstanding uh, guy and he um he does not have a lot of great qualities let's just say that well um, does, he, so she, she and she has no backbone or something does she know he's doing all this or so she it turns out she probably knows more than we think she does i'm guessing oh, you know at some point but okay. she's mm -hmm. a very passive character mm -hmm. and so this so at some point she realizes that he has submitted her novels for his own and she decides, okay, this will work for us. I can keep writing the way I want to write. This gives mm -hmm. us a good lifestyle. So she basically writes like all night long, sleeps all day. And so he has m many, many hours because he doesn't work. He doesn't do anything <laughs> other than pretend that he's written novels. And oh so, my gosh. yes, it's very, very interesting. <laughs> and so he, at some point in the opening, you know, soon after the opening, and it kind of describes their kind of situation. They've come to, it works for both of them in some way. And, mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately that um, his, one of his mistresses, who is an editor at his publisher, um, is mm -hmm. pregnant. And oh. so the, one of the opening scenes is her getting an ultrasound and, you know, kind of cooing over the baby. And what are we going to do? We got to tell your wife. And in the meantime, he's picturing ways to kill her. Um, <gasps> And kind of I'm um, trying to, yes, I know, right? <laughs> what? So um, he's, you know, opens with him trying to figure out what to do. And he decides he needs to kill his mistress because clearly, what else do you do? And so oh he ends up driving her Don't off. Don't tell us cliff. what happens. Oh, you No, just no, it's good. Us. It's part of it. No, no, this okay. is just the beginning. This is just the okay. <laughs> he drives her off a cliff. Right. And then he's like, okay, oh. I got this. How, how, did, how does he do that? I just, I'm just a little curious. Like, does he knock so, her out and then push the car or what? No, he pushes, you know? he, he just purses her car off the cliff. And While so. While she's just sitting there? <laughs> <laughs> she's just, I, I, he must have more, uh, uh, 
motor power, I guess. And so the only bad part is he realizes he killed the wrong woman. It wasn't his mistress in the car. So he, oh, so he snuck up while she's like just sitting on the cliff and he snuck. Yeah, she, sneaks they up were going to meet. They were going to meet. Oh, and so she's, okay. You now know, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 She wasn't driving actively. She was going to meet at the romantic spot and he decides to plow into her and dump her off the cliff. And he's comes oh, home and he's like, all right, this is going to be great. We're going to, I'll make dinner and I'll get to that. So anyway, it's, it is a very dark, there's a lot of dark, wow. um, there's some dark humor. I mean, cause it's just so absurd that he's so awful. Right. And then he's got cops coming after him. And then he also has a stalker who is oh. somebody he tortured in his youth at an orphanage. And Ooh. this guy wow, is, this is just a complex. Uh, story. It is complex. And so this guy is just this tortured soul who is a wannabe writer who writes and writes and writes and never has any success with it. And then he sees this guy that tortured him having this huge success. And so he's like on the case. He's like, I want to unravel this story, what the guy's been doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's a horrible I hope protagonist. He finds the wife, takes the wife away from him and they become a duo, writing duo. And... Oh, that's, see, you're into the writing <laughs> duo thing. <laughs> So it is. I'm going to write this more. story over. No, oh, I'm sure it good. <laughs> it's very dark. It is very much that can you trust the narrator kind of thing because he's so awful oh, okay. and has no conscience. And he's just an opportunist, is all he is, just whatever works for him. Uh-huh. Um, is it told from his perspective? Like It um, is. First person? It oh, is. Okay. Yeah, it is. So it's very interesting. But what I found very curious is that one of his tasks during the day, while his wife is sleeping from exhaustion from writing all night long, is that he goes to the fishmonger and gets some fresh fish to make her dinner. Which, you know, seems like the only logical alternative. If, I mean, he has to pay her back somehow. <laughs> so he goes and he describes this meal that he makes for her, and they eat, enjoy it kind of on the veranda overlooking this mm-hmm. beautiful coastal view you know and fresh cut grass and so he makes this is my favorite so he makes monkfish medallions grilled monkfish medallions and they enjoy a french dry sauvignon blanc that i sent you the name of because i don't want to try to pronounce it because i will butcher i know and it's a hard one for it is puyi fuse fuse i'm so glad i didn't try that that is yeah. Well, the translation is a dry Our tongue's not used to doing that, but <laughs> oh, that's maybe a after one. another glass of wine, I'll be spitting it out, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Puyi, so, so they have a lovely bottle of dry Sauvignon Blanc, a French yeah. dry Sauvignon Blanc, <laughs> and this grilled monkfish. And so I, I've never had monkfish. Have you ever had it? Yes, I have. It's the poor man's lobster. It is, but it is also the ugliest fish in the sea, as it is described. Yeah, you don't want to look at it, that's for sure. No, and so I thought it was kind of perfect that that's what he, this, you know, kind of horribly ugly person is making right. for his wife. Yeah. And so the description, if if our um, fellow foodies out there are not familiar, the monkfish are these huge-headed fish. They're dark with huge heads, and they have teeny tiny eyes and a huge mouth filled with needle-like teeth. <laughs> And they live in deep, it, deep water, correct? Because they do, and they, they don't need their to eyes. lure. <laughs> they're so scary that to lure other fish into its 
you know, horrific mouth. Mm-hmm. It it's it's got a like a, a apparatus that comes off of its head that looks like <laughs> a, a spike with yes, with a lure on it that looks like meat is hanging off of it, and that's how it gets its prey, which I just thought was kind of perfect because that's kind of like this writer. I mean, he's just. Do you this, think he knew that when he picked that, or he just chose? I, he might have. I do. I, I mean, I really do because I thought, yeah. oh, monkfish is so awful. I mean, I'm I. You know, it's yeah. a lovely, lovely cut of meat to, you know, seafood to eat once it's grilled. But I just thought right, that was kind of no. perfect. And yeah, it has no, that I have lure, never seen you know? one, like, uh, on land, you know. Oh, they're I've just... seen pictures or whatever. And then yeah. I've seen them already cleaned. So you just have the fillets, which are not real pretty fillets either, but they no. taste good. <laughs> but, yeah, they do taste good. But I, I thought that was really funny. And I thought, oh, it's such a horribly ugly fish that it has to lure people in. With its, oh you know, kind of so snazzy fitting. little, yeah. So that's what I thought it's was kind of like you know the the fava beans and the liver. <laughs> you know? oh, no. it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's it's awesome. Like, oh, so all right, interesting. Well, yeah, that so sounds really good. I want to. It read is that. a very yeah. It's actually a really dark. It's a pretty quick read too. It's not terribly long. It's in the low two hundreds for pages. Okay. So it's yeah. it's kind of a you know a quicker read and. Um, it's really interesting and it's really interesting hearing about the writing aspect of it, you know, like the publishing world part of it was really interesting. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be kind of like learning too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that is the truth and other lies by Sasha Arango. Okay. I'm going to add it to my shelf and I'm not going to read it late at night because it's very dark. It is pretty, well, I thought it was pretty dark. (laughs) Okay, Might so scare what do you me. think? I don't know. I know. What do you think about the Bordeaux? I like Bordeaux, and you know this Bordeaux, the one that I have, um, the the guy at Total Wine, the vice president, does a little video, and this is his everyday table wine, like oh, true. But he says it with a strong Italian accent because he's an international <laughs> VP. This is my everyday table wine. <laughs> so you but are it's good. You are good in Italian and French now. I'm very impressed. Oh, yeah. There you go. We can do. That's we can awesome. market in other countries now. <laughs> Thank anyway. goodness. Yeah. All right. So All right. Um, that caps off this week's of episode of Game of Books, where we share food, wine, and mystery. If you liked listening, please be sure to subscribe to us so you can get your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning automatically on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts just in time for the weekend right and all you mf mfs out there talk to us join us um on facebook we have a game of books discussion group and you can tell us what you think or what your craziest unrealistic resolutions are or whatever (laughs) and we can maybe share those on future episodes so this is christy and kathy saying thanks for listening bye everybody. everybody